You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. And finally, our third sponsor is 988. The Oklahoma 988 Mental Health Lifeline, 988 is a direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with trained behavioral health professionals that can get all Oklahomans the help that they need. Learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com. That's 988oklahoma.com. And now, let's get into today's episode fantastic podcast for you today family business story those of you who are listening from Tulsa will know this business but uh, I have Carlisle uh, C4 as you are known and Scott with me today from Mabry Bank gentlemen thanks so much for coming in early and uh, and ready to share the family story happy to be here so thanks thanks for coming up this way yeah so diving into it straight away obviously this is a banking business and you guys have probably known nothing different growing up um what I guess from an early age, before we dive into the history of the bank, what was you kind of like, like your first memories of family, bank, and and you know stuff like that? Um, you know, it's kind of funny actually. Neither one of us really did thought much about banking growing up. Um, I think my only memory was going down the bank and making paper airplanes when my dad was working on the weekends and throwing them through the lobby. <laughs> um, and um, but um, I went to to um, um, undergrad law school at the University of Oklahoma and never really thought about banking and had a history degree, and mm-hmm. once I realized I didn't want to teach or, or practice law, then that's the first time I thought about getting into banking. So it wasn't something that my dad came home every day and talked to us about banking, and, and that just kind of ended up happening naturally for me, and he may kind of yeah. get here two steps as well. No, exactly. That's, I mean, the exact same memory in terms of our dad going down on Saturday morning sometimes, and, um, you know, lobby lights are all off and going in offices exactly on on yellow legal pads and making paper airplanes and, and throwing them around the lobby was uh, getting into the, the dum-dum suckers yeah going, going, going behind the teller line and getting those um or, yeah the two things and yeah like scott said in fact i think sometimes my dad i don't know if he truly avoided but never never talked about the bank and yeah yeah i went to college and i had my undergraduate degree a liberal arts degree and with a business concentration, I got a master's of art in teaching and teaching and coaching and yeah. um, ended, didn't really think I'd end up in that either and then ended up in the bank. So, yeah. yeah. So dad then from an early age for you guys growing up was very kind of focused on you guys doing your own thing? Yeah. Seems like yeah, it. Yeah, very much so. He never really pushed us 
one way or another, my mom the same way, or even any of our any of our relatives. And yeah. I remember really we called our granddad Bucky was his nickname. I remember him, you know, I'm talking much just about the banks. So, yeah, so we just kind of had a normal upbringing and played sports, and yeah. you know, they certainly emphasized school and, and and making good grades, and and we were certainly competitive in that realm. But sure, but um, yeah, the banking stuff was never really emphasized a whole lot. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned you kind of had a passion for history until you go into the law practice. Yes, yeah, so um, it's actually really more advice from my dad, and I never really knew what, what I wanted to major in in college, and he said, hey, Scott, most important, just make good grades, major in something that you like, have a good GPA, and you can basically do anything you want. Uh, he said, if you want to be a doctor, surely you have to have, you know, a medical degree, or, you know, you want to be an engineer, you need to major in engineering, and you know, I kind of liked history, um, and um, yeah, so I, I majored in history, I was able to make good grades there, and then Although I'm not sure his advice was completely accurate because when I had a history degree, I'm like, what am I going to do? So I went to law school um, and um, and then I clerked at a law firm for my second, third year of law school. I'd taken a job with them in their employment and labor group, mm-hmm. hated it. Um, and realized pretty quickly I did not want to practice law, and, and um, so that's the first time I thought about getting into banking. Just because yeah. I, I also kind of like numbers and math and like people, and and um, so yeah, I actually went to work at Bank of Oklahoma for yeah. for a few years before I joined our family bank. So, okay, yeah. and then C four, you said liberal arts. So you were- yeah, so I went to the University of Oklahoma okay. my freshman year, not not knowing what I wanted to do, and, and going to school and thinking of making making good grades, definitely struggled managing my time, being alone on my own for the first time, and so spent a year there. And then after that, um, decided I'd looked at some opportunities to play small college football, but but didn't want to. That's where his heart really was. Yeah, yeah, or so at the time, and so ended up at a, at Austin College in Sherman, Texas, so okay. a small Division three school there to play football, about 1,200 people in enrollment, but it was small class yeah. sizes, so even if my professors weren't taking role, they knew if I was in class or not. So it was great, because all my credits transferred from the University of Oklahoma, but my GPA, I got to reset it and, yeah. and have a start over, and so, yeah, went there and ended up being a, a good thing for me, and then my wife and I, Got married right before my last semester, and not knowing what we wanted wanted to do, and actually moved to Gunnison, Colorado. We okay. grew up doing family ski vacations, and that's probably my maybe my first passion. And football is probably a, a close second. And so yeah. we moved to Gunnison. She went to Western State College. I uh, was working on her teaching degree at that time. After already graduating at Austin College, we met there, and yeah. then I worked at Crested Butte. Um, was going to work at a ski shop. Moved mid-season, so cleaned condos, did housekeeping there, worked for a property management company, yeah. and one of the owners was there, and had two of his best friends from college owned Flatiron Sports, which I believe is still there in Crested Butte. Mm-hmm. So had things set up for the next winter to do that, and then all of a sudden we pivoted, go back to Texas, back to Austin College, and yeah, both of us got our master's in art and teaching, and then yeah. I, so I decided to pursue then teaching and coaching. Wow. At that point in time, and then yeah, yeah, went to Duke. Went to yeah, then was a grad. Got to be a graduate assistant at Duke University. That was kind of my goal: get my foot in the door at Division One um, college football. So I was a graduate assistant there for for two years. And after the second year in the summer, back to the family thing with the bank. Uh, we were at our we do a family vacation, a kind of family reunion, family planning around the bank, and we're there for that. And my grandmother who was uh, chairwoman of the board at the time, and then my aunt, who is currently chairwoman of the board, um, they both said, hey, would you ever think about coming to work at the bank? And and kind of, I was like, ah, I've, you know, never said never. And so that's 
really probably the first time it I don't know what I was there in 26, 27, 28, somewhere around in there when kind of planted the seed a little bit to think about that. Yeah. So. Tell me about the coaching things. You still actively coaching today? So I am now. I've, co- I've got four boys and coached them youth sports growing up. And then when we moved up here, the boys have been at Holland Hall. And my youngest, I never had the opportunity to coach him like I did the others. There's about an 11-year gap. And so he – asked me in seventh grade was his first opportunity to play football he's like hey dad you know you coached will blake and cole you've, you've never coached me would you coach me and so i had the opportunity to help coach the middle school at holland hall the seventh and eighth grade teams and so done that for four going on five years and then this year talked to some of the some of the varsity coaches helped coach the middle school as well and so that's an easy place for me to help yeah. them out so they can have some people to kind of take over for them where they need. But anyway, yeah. had the opportunity, talked to them, and I'm actually coaching, helping coach the varsity for the first time nice. this, this year. So then still doing middle school. Yeah. So do, yeah. Football so is huge up here, isn't it? Like high school football is a, a, a great friend of mine is he calls uh, Owasso Athletics. So he calls football and basketball okay. and all the other stuff, and he does Tulsa football and basketball as well. But their, their opening game was, I think, oh, also Bigsby right. at TU. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Opening game, like <laughs> just crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. But no, no, football's no, life yeah. up here. Yeah, High school, college football, yeah. It's oh, crazy, oh, right? Yeah, it so, really is. Yeah. yeah, and especially here, obviously, with Jinx Union. Yeah, yeah. Bigsby's come up over, yeah, yeah. the years. So. Our, our bank is headquartered in Bigsby, so it's been yeah. nice having the Bigsby football team be as good as it has been the last last yeah, 10 or 15 years yeah. so coach montgomery there does a great job God, so. yeah when, when i first came like came to the states and went to a you know a football game and the whole friday night lights thing i was like there's more people here than show up to like a professional soccer game back <laughs> <laughs> was like, what is going on here yeah. and these kids are out there running around mom and dad are in the stands are like this is big business it's yeah. awesome i love it so uh, that was the opportunity going down to texas to go to a small school as i knew i mean even as as big of a deal as it is here in Texas, it's just a whole nother uh, complete crazy. level. I mean, just yeah. un- unimaginable all the the small schools. And, of course, Friday Night Lights mm-hmm. is where they came with, with, with Plano. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Odessa Permian. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, so just being able, I knew, hey, going down there, there'll be a lot of really good high school football players that I'll have a chance right. to be around and, and not knowing if I could even compete or not. Yeah, but yeah. It, yeah, but it's yeah. Yeah, huge. Scott, you mentioned you grew up doing some sports as well. Did what did you, did you take to anything particularly? I was primarily a golfer. I played basketball okay. and, and golf, uh, basketball up until my senior year of high school, and then uh, played golf all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I actually played, I did the reverse of card. I actually played golf one year at Austin College mm-hmm. in Sherman, Texas. Um, realized, one, that my ceiling was probably NAIA golf, and number two, I didn't like it that much to put in that amount of time and travel. You sounds like played a little bit of college golf and no anti-transfer no you as a sophomore and just you know went to school and you know, yeah. had a good social life and a good time and yeah 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 so I still you know still play as much as I can and and have a son who's a freshman at OU and he played competitive golf through high school and mm-hmm. and I could have played college golf but he figured out early on that he didn't want to do that either so yeah. he's at OU having a good time right now yeah that's the one thing that people ask me like what would you have done if you didn't play golf I'm like probably would have gone to a state school and actually enjoyed school yeah. <laughs> 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 got to yeah. do everything that like most college kids get to do right, not like right. the student athlete thing where you're like 
you know, school through classes from 8 to 12 and then golf for the entire rest of the day. Well, that's what it is. My son went through the recruiting process. I mean, a couple of coaches said, basically, you know, you have time to do kind of between, you know, social life, your sport, and grades to do two of the three. Yeah. You know, and if you're playing your sport and then grades, you don't have much time to have a social life. Yeah. And, and he's a pretty social kid. He loves golf, not afraid to work hard, but but he's having a good time. So yeah. He's where he needs to be. It's good to have that realization early that, like, I'm not going to be on tour, right, so right, I don't right. have to, I'm like, get to enjoy school right, and not, right, like, yeah. you know. But uh, that's really cool. And I know, no doubt, sport plays a huge part in the relationships with the bank and everything Absolutely. you guys do as well. You know, not just, obviously, golf. Like, most people who play golf generally are, you know, understand the banking industry, I think, in general. But, you know, from a football side's perspective as well, like, that's just a social thing and being out there and, it's all community-based. No, you know, it yeah, centers yeah. around community, doesn't it? So to that point then, uh, doing some research, and you guys go to the website, maybebank.com, you can see the about section, and it seems like the family's been in business or been in the banking business since 1906, which for America is a very long time ago. Yeah, it actually predates statehood. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, our... Our great great granddad GW Mabry um, um, was one of the founders of and, uh, the bank in, mm-hmm. in 1906, roughly. Although the bank wasn't chartered until 1933, but actually was formed in, um, before statehood. And then our great granddad um, ultimately became a, a teller and assistant cashier, and, and then was on the board. And that was Carlisle Mabry Senior. Um, and then um, he um, owned 10 percent of it, and then it. His death, our, our, our granddad, Carla Mabry Jr., inherited that 10% and ultimately got a loan to buy out um, a lot of the partners um, in the bank in the late 60s. And so he had a controlling interest from, from the late 60s. Uh, I think he owned 70% of it at that point in time. And, and uh, the story my dad tells is my dad's the oldest of four. Um, he's Carlisle III. Um, and um, is that, um, that his dad um, called uh, my dad and, and my dad's next brother, Bruce, and basically said, hey, you know, uh, this bank's kind of stressing me out. And, and uh, my granddad didn't do well with stress. He uh, was a navigator in World War II, B-17 bombers, and didn't deal with people very well and stuff. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell the bank. He's barely keeping the interest current on the note. And Yeah, dad used to say that. I mean, he was di- it would be difficult to work yeah, to work, work for, for yeah, hard, hard yeah. for him to keep some good people mm-hmm. to yeah. help him. Yeah, kind of a taskmaster, and you know, and demanded a lot as you might expect. You know, a military guy would, and and um, so my dad and Bruce said, "Hey, you know, to their dad, dad, don't 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 sell the bank, and and um, yeah, we'll come back and, and help you run it." Mm-hmm. And so they both came back about six months apart in, in 1972, and um, have, have been there ever since. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. My dad was a JAG officer at the time in the Air Force and stationed at Edwards Air Force Base. Okay. Did some research and was able to kind of, there was a hardship kind of to save the family That's right. business. And so he was had that opportunity to use that and was out of the Air Force and then yeah. went back to... Yeah, help help run the bank. That's really cool. And I mean, we we were chatting before you guys showed up. Like, family business can be really great, but it also can be a major pain in the ass. Because <laughs> yeah, 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 right? yeah. you guys got to go to Thanksgiving, or you've got to go to family birthdays, but you also see each other at work. And it's like, you know, I'm sure there's been some times we just like. I, I know it's your kid's birthday, but I need space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, we yeah, we do a good job of being able to you know get along and, and leave work on the side, but certainly yeah. have our moments for sure, and yeah. you know frustrations, and you know he's Carlisle's a little bit more of a you know hotter temper, and you know those times we run kind of hot right? times, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and um, I tend to be a, a little more controlled in that respect. But um, it's funny, one funny story on on just family business and 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 my dad and my granddad is my dad tells the story that. 
my granddad agreed to pay him. I think it was maybe, you know, $15,000 to come back and work at the bank. And, and um, so he gets there on the first day of work and, and my granddad calls my dad in the office and he says, uh, son, he's, I couldn't tell the board I was going to pay you $15,000. So I'm actually going to pay you $13,000. So my dad says, you know, I got a $2,000 pay cut, you know, the, the first day at work. But you couldn't do that if you weren't a family business. You know, if, if right. my dad was not my, my granddad's son, you know, you probably couldn't have taken another team member or employee and, and told him you're going to pay him less than what you agreed to. So Yeah, yeah. So, what kind of, obviously you guys kind of explained like how you come back to the business and you kind of think, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and then you eventually come back, which I think is another thing in family business, right? Everyone kind of seems to circle back and it's probably good that looking back that you guys, you know, young, you, you guys were young enough and you went out and did your own thing. You see the world, right? You don't think, you know, all you know is not just the bank, right? You've got your world experience and then you come back, which brings more value, I think, to the business in general. But what what you know what year do you come back? What's kind of like the state of the bank at the time? How many branches do we have? Because obviously it seems to have grown since then. I mean, right. I drive past your Oklahoma City branch every day. Sure. Well, so a couple of things there, and I'll let you may talk a little about where the bank was whenever you came back. But we actually have a family employment policy. Okay. Any any Mayberry family member that desires to work at the bank, you have to go work somewhere else first. Yeah. Um, and um, at least I think it's a minimum of three years. Um, and two, um, year, two years if you have an advanced degree. A graduate three, degree. Yeah. Three, wow. If you have when, a when did that? If you have a bachelor's degree. It actually, they actually put in place bef- um, when we were in high school because they could see. You know, we're we're two of what, nine cousins or whatever. Eleven. And, uh, Eleven cousins, and and uh, so we're the two oldest, yeah. and so they could see. You know, hey, at some point, the kids maybe want to come back to the bank, and so they put that in place. So it was before any of us were eligible to, to come work, and and um, yeah, so it forced us to go out and you know and get our own experiences and we can bring something back to the bank hopefully if we want to come back and work and and you know prove yourself for your that's a great thing. yeah yeah that's yeah, so yeah, good yeah, yeah. yeah. And there so, has to be a, a need yeah for the person too it's not just hey i want to come back and we'll find somewhere to right to plug you in so to speak so but when you came, you came back in 99 i came back yeah so in 99 as i said it finished the that my second year at Duke and and could have continued for a third year, gone back to Texas because um, I taught elementary PE, so I had my Texas teaching certification. Could go back to Texas and and then even had interviewed for a few small college jobs there. And yeah, but then decided my role was a little bit of an operation. I mean, that's kind of learn the operations side of the bank, which fits my personality yeah. and, and be a management trainee. I, I knew I didn't want to be a loan officer. It's like I, and you know, there's, you don't just get to make any loan you want to, but it's like, I'd want to yeah. give everybody a loan and um, I could probably handle the muscle part of collections, but you know, having to go after people, you know, I was like, I don't think I'd, yeah. I'd be good at that. So I had the opportunity to learn the operations side and then kind of help with IT. You know, I didn't have a programming background or anything like that, but just, always enjoyed it. We had a Commodore 64 growing up and, you know, just kind of going through that and then being in, in college and then familiar with the early stages of the internet, even at that time. I mean, AOL and yeah. CompuServe and some of those dial up, that's how old I am. And so kind of help them with the IT side of things. And so that was 99 and we had the bank in Old Mulgee, um, three or four of the small branches and right. then the bank in Bixby was actually a part of the holding company at the time, but was separate from the the bank in Olmalgi. You had Citizens Bank in Olmalgi and Citizens Security Bank in Bixby. Because I actually went to work at the bank in Bixby, mm-hmm. and so yeah, in two thousand one. And um, so we had several bank charters. We had Walika, Watumka, Morse were all separate and bank Haskell. charters, and Haskell. And then 
Oak Mulligy and Bixby were separate. And so the Bixby Bank, um, that was kind of our entrance in the Tulsa market uh-huh. where we you know, expanded from being more of a rural community bank to starting to get into the metropolitan areas. And and um, so we had a 10-year contract with the president of the Bixby Bank at the time, Homer Paul, and from uh, we had owned half of it in 1994 with him. So he retired in 2004. That's when we bought all of Citizen Security Bank in Bixby, which is founded in 1924. Yeah. And um, so over the next couple of years, we merged all of the small banks charters into the Bixby Bank and made Bixby our headquarters. Um, that included the Citizens National Bank, um, Haskell, Malika, Wetumpka, yeah, and ultimately yeah. Morris in 2018. And so that's when we consolidated our headquarters in Bixby and that was our entrance in the Tulsa market. And so then we um, built a branch in Broken Arrow in 2005, I believe four or five, and then uh, 81st Neal in 2007, Jinx in 2009, and then the one we're in here today in, gotcha. in Midtown Tulsa in 2015. Yeah. And then entered Oklahoma City market um, about six or seven years ago in about 2015 or 16 then just and built our full service facility sure. and opened it up about two and a half years ago yeah so yeah yeah so is that you kind of said oh four was that when you kind of like bring everything under the Mabry Bank brand? Yeah, actually it was Citizen Security Bank. Okay. okay? And so that was the surviving charter. Um, all the other bank names were folded into Citizen Security Bank and then we changed the name to Mabry Bank um, 2015 roughly. Okay. Um, cool. And that was, you know, yeah, more of a, it's kind of funny, Citizen Security Bank was kind of a mouthful to say. Yeah. You know, there was a Citizen Bank. Well, and bank. there's a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah. so many out there. Yeah, exactly. Some yeah. Citizens Bank. There was a Security Bank in town as well and so when we changed the name is more of a branding opportunity and a, and a yeah. and it just kind of said who we are. And I had a lot of my friends tell me they were glad that we changed the name of the bank because they could never tell people who they banked with. Like, just <laughs> yeah. bank with the Mabry's. And so now it says who we are. So that's yeah. Been, yeah, yeah, it's been a good Great change. for the brand, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then people who know the family, sounds like there's a big family, right? So you guys that's know right. the family. They know wherever they are that that's they're right. connected to a Mabry in some way yep. through kids' yeah. sports or coaching or whatever it is, that's golf. Right. Yeah. That yeah. It's yeah. much easier to bring people in. That makes, it makes a lot of sense. It does, it does. It so. does. Yeah, yeah. It really helped. I mean, back to the Mabry part, just we looked at some different names just marketing companies yeah. coming in and, and nothing really hit us and then a gentleman who did our strategic planning for us forever was pretty good was was pretty was good on the marketing side and said hey if there's not a compelling name reason I wouldn't make the change and as we've grown and, and bringing in um, John Pixley and Heather Van Hooser a lot of bankers and grown and that was kind of I think the story they would tell a little bit too as well you know, work for the Mabrys or with the Mabrys. It's like we would just use the Mabry yeah. name quite a bit. And so that, I think, helped us get a little bit more comfortable with right. actually putting our name. Yeah. You know, That's a huge decision too, right? Because like it's, you know, it, depending on how whoever's in charge of the bank and you think, hey, are we are we working towards an exit here? If we've got our, our name on it, like how does this all work? But, you know, I think when you put your name on it, obviously you take a lot of ownership in that. Right. Um, and it's a huge decision. I'm sure it's not obviously one you didn't take lightly. It seems like it took a while. Yeah, that's a good point. I, it, it, uh, and for our team members too, I mean, you know, coming to work with us, I think the fact, yeah, that our names in the bank, they know that mm-hmm. we're in it for the long term. And, and, you know, Carl and I are now technically fourth generation, third generation working in the bank. And, and um, you know, most family businesses don't survive beyond the second generation. Yeah. And, and um, we're, we're, we're doing well and thriving in the third generation. And, and um, so, yeah, I think yeah. our name on the yeah, bank, it's, it took us a while to get used to it, but I think it was yeah. the right move. So mm-hmm. kind of we a, can't hide anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, C4, you said you, you did the operations side of things when you came in because that fitted your personality. Scott, what about you? What was kind of like your entry into it? And so, yeah. So I was always been on the lending side or okay. always pretty much always. So I, 
Bank of Oklahoma, I went to their management training program, let's call it, and, and focused on corporate lending. So I worked in the corporate banking department at BOK, um, doing large corporate lending for about three and a half years, and then and then actually came to work. At the time, it was still Citizen Security Bank in Bixby as a loan officer. I did manage operations for one year. Our chief operating officer left just as I came on board, and so they asked me just to oversee it just until I found someone long-term to run it. So I did that for a year, which is a great experience for me on the operations side. Then I moved to the lending side and was a, a lender for several years. Um, then ultimately became our Tulsa Metro region president and then president of the bank and then CEO in 2019. But but all of my training and and um, and, and and daily work duties were, were being a loan officer. So, yeah. 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 So you guys I, are totally different then, right? Yeah. It's funny. We, <laughs> which is good. It, no, you need absolutely. That. Just yeah. kind of naturally yeah. found our own, yeah, our own spots in the bank. And yeah, he's always been more yeah, operationally yeah. focused and, yeah. and that's his. I think we've strength. been very fortunate, blessed in that manner. And I think probably even back to my dad and my aunt and uncles, everybody, whenever we've had opportunities, there's been an opportunity for everybody to kind of plug in somewhere that, that fits them. Uh-huh. And, you know, and I, enjoyed back to even you know did anybody ever talk to you about working in the bank and when i came back i mean i started working as a teller and you know most of the people this is at the bank in old Malgi, had seen me grow up and they knew me i was little carlisle you know and i think there were even a couple of people like oh can we still call you little carlisle i'm like yeah yeah sure <laughs> if you want to call yeah. me whatever you want yeah. no worries but yeah so when we worked as a teller and worked as in proof and worked in bookkeeping and in all the different areas and so yeah it mm-hmm. it, it fit me and i know as kind of a, the other thing we attempt not to do is as you know your children come back is not reporting you know to a parent if at all if at all possible so i reported to both my aunt and my uncle at the time and then as i kind of went from management trainee and then we had the opportunity to go into muskogee i think that's maybe the only market that we didn't mention mm-hmm. and got into that market and the market president lost his operations officer at the branch at the time and I was in Omalgi so he asked the family about me coming over kind of learning and taking her spot was able to do that and then took the CTO title kind of full-time in there and just as things progressed at some point in time I was no longer reporting to my uncle I was gonna have to report to my dad and again just back to my personality and the way I am and and all of, our, all of our team members have probably heard this story one time or another, but I remember thinking like, oh man, reporting to my dad made me think about being in seventh grade and us sitting down to do math homework together. And it's story problems, no, you gotta write it out and do all this. I mean, I, you know, we're just, I, I, my, my attitude is not good. And I thought, you know, I was like, I'd rather get a C in this class and not get help from dad, then get an A and have to go through this. You know, like there's there's no way. So I just that's kind of rolling through my mind a little bit, but but able to handle and, and go through it. So to have to report to your dad and then as the oldest and back to our roles kind of fitting each other. Um, you know, I don't think I would have necessarily ever wanted to be president or CEO to to fit me. And so I think Scott's personality um, his background has always fit that and, and so again we're, we're in our own places where we fit but then I go reporting from my dad to reporting to my little brother you know so that's <laughs> you know can be can always be fun right there as well but yeah, it's, yeah but it's I'm a better boss no doubt about that you must so, have been nice to him yeah, growing yeah, up right yeah, so most, just most like definitely yeah so. that's really cool to have but um, you know from what you, you guys have spoken about, you know, in the last 30 minutes, it seems like, you know, 
the family understands that we need a structure and we can't just have, you know, oh, we'll just employ everybody and we'll figure it out. Like, you get, you know, with, with the three-year thing, if you want to come and work for the bank, you've got to go away for three years. That's That brings, I think, more value in the long run to the business, right? But also, like, it does that, whoever that person is, that child, that cousin, aunt, whatever they are, like... That does them so much value, right? You know, and then it feels like that they've earned the right to come back. No, absolutely, like that's really cool to have. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. I said you, you go and earn your stripes somewhere where your name yeah. isn't anything, and yeah, it gives you some self confidence, and and then again, you you bring some stuff back to the bank. I know yeah. certainly I learned things at Bank of Oklahoma um, that that I've you know brought to the, to the bank here, right. and the same way in his in his other jobs. Yeah. And, and um, and then too, you know, I mean, hey, as we've grown now, I mean, uh, you know, at one point in time there was nine maybe family members working the bank on a day to day basis, and you know, we had anywhere from eighty to one hundred eighty employees. Today, there's only four of us working the bank on a day to day basis with two hundred seventy five employees. You know, so the mm-hmm. maybe family, as far as the success of the bank, is less and less relevant. You know, and it's we're really dependent upon all the other team members and non maybe family members to, to grow the bank and, yeah. and, and grow our brand and, and make it successful. And so we've been fortunate to hire some really, really good, high-quality people that we've um, brought in from other institutions and also um, uh, trained internally, you know, and to, to, to help make it successful. Yeah. So so that's that, that's more important is right. the rest of our team members, not, not the family. So. Yeah. To that point, how many branches do you guys have at the moment? We have 15 branches, okay. and we're in 11 different communities. Okay. Um, and I think we have maybe seven in the Tulsa Metro area, then you throw in Morris and Haskell, Willika, Wetumpka, Kupala, yeah. Malgi, Muskogee, and then Oklahoma City. Yeah. So, yeah. so with the obviously outside of Tulsa, then a lot of them are kind of like small rural towns mm-hmm. that just you build community because the bank seems to be, you know, there isn't that many banks in, you know, whereas Tulsa, like you, there's one in every corner, right? right? It's right. like a church. Right. Yep. But, you know, in the small towns, like the bank is part of, you know, it's like the church or whatever. It's a huge part of the community. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so I think we've done a good job of, of uh, being true to our roots because we, we, we start in the, in the, in the smaller communities and, and where, the, where the bank is one of the, the most important businesses in the community. We, you know, give back, support the local schools, the, you know, YMCAs, whatever it is. And, and, and we, we do that in the larger markets as well. Um, and um, But, yeah, so I think we've done a good job of, of expanding to become more of a commercial metropolitan bank to grow because that's necessary, but also um, still supporting our, 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 our roots and our, our smaller communities where we, where we grew up and where we got started. Yeah. Bringing things then fast forwarding to today, what, you know, what's kind of like the state of the business today? What are you excited about working on at the moment? I mean, for people who wouldn't know the brand or don't see, you know, you guys. Yeah, we're, we're always looking to grow. Um, we we our, our corporate culture is very very important to us. The you know how we uh, treat our team members and, and the conditions that that we environment we provide to work in. So going out and recruiting and 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 uh, developing and recruiting talented people is always gets me excited um, to to uh, improve the organization and um, and then certainly continuing to to, to grow alone and deposit portfolio um, everywhere. It's easier to grow in Tulsa Metro and Oklahoma City just because more opportunity. Yeah. But we're certainly always still trying to, to, to grow in the smaller communities as well. And then we're, you know, a lot of uh, digital and technology projects that we're working on that, you know, it's important these days to, to, to keep up with the technology. And, and um, if you want to talk about any of that stuff yeah. as far as kind of just, you know, generally speaking, where we're trying to head to. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, uh, I mentioned our strategic planning session that we've done forever. And, and back to when I was even considering when about coming back and went out and was like, saw that we had a website even at the time in 1999 and and just my granddad my dad aunts and uncles I mean four of them 
five lo- four locations at the time, but started doing strategic planning with just these small little banks in about 1990, 91, 92. And, and again, with what you think coming out of college, or, you know, I was, again, I was 28, 29, they'd be kind of knowing, going, okay, well, they're doing strategic planning, huh? That's, that's pretty impressive. And so through those sessions, we're always trying to keep, keep a track and understanding back to corporate culture survey, but then what are we looking at from products and services, you know, how we're, how we're doing the technology side of things and, and looking to grow and improve there and just the amount of change that happens there, obviously, as we all know, is huge, but yeah. we were able to bring in um, a... A, a high-powered CTO, I yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan. Yeah. So, gosh, it'll be four. Was four years in this this March, and so to have him really help drive that technological direction for us with the guidance of the board and the strategic planning team. And we launched a new app at the beginning of this year, and then we are also um, for the first time starting to do some in-house development that we know we can't just directly go with vendors and give us a little bit more control. So we've got some learning that we're, that we're doing there, but trying to provide the best services on the technology side of things as well, not only for our customers, but for our employees to improve processes and become more efficient and quicker and better at what we do. Yeah, that's, I mean, for most people who don't understand banking, right? Just anything that you can simplify, right? Yeah. Like it's all on the phone now, direct deposit from like, I hate going into a business. I think a lot of people generally, like, the first time I, back home, we don't have drive through banks. And I first came out here and I was like, you guys have a, this is the greatest thing ever, right? And then I realized this drive through everything in this country. And that was also the greatest thing ever. But I think, you know, just someone as, you know, as a customer looking at it, you just want something to be as simple as possible, right? And if you can work towards that and, you know, and, if when you pick up the phone, somebody answers pretty quick and like it's, it, you know, it takes a lot of the stress out of banking because it can be a giant pain in the backside and huge stress for people, yeah. right? That's right. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. There are still a lot of customers and even younger customers that, that do like the relational, the direct one-on-one relationship, but they want to have their technology be able to perform for them um, easily whenever they need it. And they want the technology to be there when they, when they want it to be. They want to be able to see someone when they want to be able to see someone too. So we do try and, you know, have that balance of, yeah, having the, the, the latest digital products and make it as easy and simple as banking as it, as it can be, but at the same time, too, being available to have one-on-one conversations and relationships whenever the customers want that as well. So Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I want to ask you guys about is every time I drive through the branch in Oklahoma City, the lights are on and I just see this massive art piece, right? That's kind of what drew me to the yeah, business yeah, yeah, first because yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know, I mean, when you, when you drive past on the highway, yes, you can read it, but I need glasses to drive. Right. And You're my dad's it. best friend now. And so I just, just saw so this you know. artwork, and I think I messaged it to Austin when, when we were setting this up. So is that something you guys do at every branch? Like, is that like a statement piece? Like, is it something you do to separate you from other banks? Like, or is it just kind of that one-off spot? That's a good question, and, and uh, there's a little bit of a history there, and I'll yeah. try and make it as... We got as, time. Okay. Tell okay. me about that. Okay. Yeah. So just on the artwork in general, so on that on that piece in, in Oklahoma City, um, it, it's a, it's a, was a piece done uniquely for that bank and, 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 that, and that, that place in the bank. And so it's, there's a lady named Sharon Loud, I think she's out of, out of New York, and my dad actually 
actually noticed her artwork. It was displayed at the Philbrook mm-hmm. Museum of Art here in Tulsa, and um, it's called a mobile. And and um, um, and so he thought, man, having something unique like that uh, would be really really neat and cool thing to do, especially going in a new market and something yeah. to draw attention and everything. And and it wasn't cheap. And, oh, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> and um, but so yeah, so so he he looked her up and found her and, and engaged her and 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 we hired her to come. And so she and her husband were in Oklahoma City, I think, for over a week. And it's a unique piece. It's yeah. just freehand. She just goes in, looks at the space, and, and, and designs it. And and um, yeah, so it's a very, very unique piece of art. My dad loves art, um, and kind of a little bit more to the story. And is um, I tend to be a little more cost conscious. And he doesn't just frivolously spend money. Don't get me wrong, but he loves nice art. And and whenever we were building our branches, are always very, very nice. And so you know, he 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 always was trying to put you know nice, high quality art in there. I thought we were spending too much money, and so finally I gave up and just you know kind of. Turn to turn the art thing over to, to, to my dad and my brother. So I'm stepping out of it. So we do have a lot of nice art, a lot of the paints in yeah. here are really nice, and he'll he'll find other places and bring them in. And and the, the mobile is a good example. Yeah. Of that. So yeah, yeah. Back to having a little bit of internal family like drama, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why does yeah. dad want this giant piece of artwork? Yeah. No one's going to see it. Well, people yeah. do see it. It's, it's, like say, it's funny how many compliments and people we do get comment yeah. on the art in our in our other banks as well. In addition to the mobile, so every time someone does compliment the artwork, I do give dad credit he might not want to so so good decisions he's just grinning from ear to ear for sure and it is an opportunity for us i think we've always been able to have disagreements yeah and good conversations and especially when it when it comes to the business side of things but i think we're all pretty kind of data driven and analytical and like the design build firms that we use to help with our buildings and kind of you know talk about those things and you've got the hard dollar costs but then what are the soft dollar costs what is it about building a feeling and an environment and you know where those things lean so at at the end of the day we'll, we'll all say our piece but then hey pretty good job usually of knowing when to step back when to push but then yeah. we're all together and make the decision and go forward and support yeah. it 100% it's the hard thing with with like a piece of artwork like that is you can't put it into numbers right, right. what it brings in That's you right. can have people say it but yeah. you can't like you know like oh someone mentioned the artwork again <laughs> but it's not there in you know it's not there in data in numbers you cannot like, measure a true like return most on marketing expenses Lisa's sitting here yeah. Yeah. I give her a hard time all the time but yeah, yeah. It's, it's so hard to, to yeah to actually put numbers on right on, 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 on the marketing stuff and what what bang you're really getting for your buck but, yeah so. definitely so, so I mean but there is not a piece of artwork in this branch we walked into this morning That's it right. seems like there's just something to brighten this face up and right. you know because again most people like I look at a bank as in going into like I go to the hospital like right. I just generally don't like it <laughs> right. um, you know hence why I love my app and everything right, like right, that right. Um, but the, the, the more you can bring it in a community and you know the greatest idea I've seen is like people who just generally have a coffee shop and there's a bank attached to it kind right, of thing right. right it's just you know just come and have a conversation and hang out and have a coffee and then you know then we'll talk about your money yeah um, I think back on the experience and being outside of the bank I mean I was my wife and I married and in Texas and go to open first banking account out outside of Citizens Bank and go in there and all the options and choices and they're talking about okay you got to keep a minimum balance yeah or we're going to charge you however much a month and then per item fees and all this stuff and I'm like minimum balance you know I'm often we're like I mean we're paycheck to paychecks like we can't keep 
what, $300? You know, it's like if you can yeah. keep a minimum balance, you can avoid the service charge. And then we find out, oh, you can, you know, tie it to a savings account. And so we put whatever couple hundred dollars in savings account, don't touch it so we can get our checking account, you know, service charge free. And I go back and call my dad and I'm like, man, what kind of deal is this? I mean, like, you know, this is my money. You're yeah. charging me for, you know, my money. And I don't care you got check processing costs, but just not knowing any of that. And I still think I use that same mentality now of going into a bank we've got regulation all these things was going okay how can we and we're not there but always working toward being as frictionless as possible and realizing for us a lot of our frustrations can be this are the same as our customers yeah, and so yeah, trying yeah. to approach take that approach and how do we solve for it and improve it and yeah be better finishing up back to the community thing and being in tulsa and being around events Obviously, you know, even if you don't love golf, one of the massive events that happened in Tulsa and brought a significant amount of traffic to Tulsa and travel dollars was the PJ Championship. Sure. How was your guys' involvement as a bank as far as the score? I know you have a kind of golfing, you know, part of right. you that, that does that, but as a right. bank, how was how was your involvement with that? Do you have anything stuff to do with it or I'm obviously extremely excited to have it in Tulsa but yeah so a couple things there um, from the bank standpoint so yeah we, we had a, a, a chalet and and um, on the 12th hole mm-hmm. and and um, so we we're able to entertain you know clients and, and team members all week long and so it was a, a great event from the bank from that standpoint our our, our, our customers and clients love being out there and it was, of course it was great for the you know the whole, whole community yeah. the, the city of Tulsa and the state and the recognition that we got um, and um, we also um, for the first time the PJ Championship did a concert series in, in, in conjunction with the tournament, and so Eric Church played on Wednesday night on, on the golf course, and then Pitbull played on Friday night at Philbrook, and so uh, we made a, a, a donation towards that concert series, um, and um, and there's four local charities benefited um, uh, from 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 the concert series. So the bank was involved in, in that as well, and then it just so happened I actually was president of Southern Hills Country Club this year, um, and um, so I had a lot of involvement, you know, just in helping, you know, put the tournament on and and. And, and volunteer work yeah. and those type of things. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Great week for Tulsa and for the state of Oklahoma. I think the economic impact overall. There's different ways to measure that, but mm-hmm. but from the PGA and the Chamber stats, about 150 million dollars of economic impact to the to the city of Tulsa. Yeah. And then just the impression value as far as you know Tulsa being mentioned, the state of Oklahoma being mentioned with all the TV coverage nationally, internationally, um, different estimates to the tune of several hundred million dollars to over a billion dollars and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it was a great time, a lot of fun. Lot yeah. Of fun. It's incredible. I had Reagan Kingsley on the podcast oh, yeah, sure, uh, sure. to talk yeah. about Reagan yep. does marketing for Southern Hills. Yep. And he was, you know, I, I basically said, look, everyone knows what it was like on TV. If they went in person, they know what it was like. What was it like for you on the ground? Right. Uh, so I'm interested to ask you the same question. Obviously, you had a you know, huge involvement being president. What was that like? And I mean, you know, just week, finding out that you were having it. Yeah, yeah. So the week of the tournament was a blast for yeah. me. A lot of all my work was done pre, you know, leading up, and and um, um, so so the week of, I was able to enjoy the tournament and and, and enjoy our chalet and stuff. Um, you know, leading up, um, the the reason. Sunhills got the 2022 was we were supposed to be at Trump Bedminster. Yeah. You know, and January 6th happens, and then shortly thereafter, within about five days, the PGA announced that it was pulling from Trump Bedminster. And so then five days after that, they announced Sunhill. So I was involved in those conversations with the PGA early on and, and, and getting our board approval and getting the PGA's board approval. So it's pretty exciting kind of understanding and knowing where, where, where that was headed. Um, and um, so once it was announced, you know, for Tulsa and, and State of Oklahoma and, and Southern Hills, it was, yeah, it was pretty neat. So, yeah. yeah. 
I'm excited. Any any just golfing memories for you that was just like this is just I can't believe this is happening. This is such a good thing to happen. I mean, obviously being a president of a golf club when they're hosting a major is pretty epic. Right. But just as a golf nerd, yeah. like was there anything that you're like, oh my gosh, it's Tiger Woods? Well, so honestly, the, the coolest thing for me that week is I got to uh, attend the Champions Dinner, mm. and it was just there was I think 14 past PJ champions, and then me and two of the guys from the club. So I had dinner. Roy McIlroy was was on my left, and Bobby yeah. Harrington was across from me, and Keegan Bradley was on my right. So that was pretty cool pretty having next cool. to Roy McIlroy for dinner next to him for you know two or three hours. Yeah, so, yeah. he's tiny, isn't he? He's yeah, a small guy, but just nice he can be. I mean, yeah. just very very down to earth, and what you see on TV is, is what he's like and right. private too. So that's pretty neat. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, other and obviously the golf course is extremely hard. If any of you listening have played or heard of Southern <laughs> Hills, it is not easy. Right. Uh, but it played pretty good that week. I mean, great Oklahoma weather. It was <laughs> boiling hot. And then it was freezing cold. cold yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got all the experience. But C uh, four, what about you? Did you were you had some involvement from the ops side on during that week, and or did you get to just enjoy the chalet, really shake, hand, got, yeah. shake hands, and kiss babies? Yeah, yeah, I just got to enjoy it. So yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, with being there with customers and clients, and just I was out there a couple of days, and then yeah. one day brought my brought my family out, and I, I actually my guest was my youngest son, my wife, and one of her friends, mm-hmm. and they're not huge golf fans, but we got to the course and. With getting our way to the chalet, we saw Jordan Spieth, Roy McIlroy, Roy and Tiger Woods, and so we really could have been done from yeah, our family's right. perspective and, and been out of there. But yeah, hung out there and had a had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, seeing great athletes like that in person is you know, and everyone's got their phone out. Like I stood on the second tee box for about an hour right. watching that group come through, and you're just like. I've seen Tiger Woods hit a golf shot. I've seen Tiger Woods hit driver, which is, you know, and Rory hit driver, which is kind of the most, you know, best thing to watch him hit. But, um, yeah, such a great week and such a, for you guys to be involved from a banking and obviously a personal standpoint, that's uh, the memories you're going to have for a lifetime. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. Yeah. So you mentioned the kids. Do the kids have any passions or desire to get involved? Obviously, they've got to go away for a few years. I mean, uh, you mentioned you have four kids. Scott, do you have any kids? I have three. Okay. Mine are a little bit younger than his. My oldest is a senior at the University of Oklahoma, and then our middle child, our son, our daughter's the oldest son, is a freshman at OU, then our mm-hmm. youngest daughter is a senior um, at Holland Hall in high school. Okay. So mine have a little bit of time. He's got a couple that yeah. could be eligible, but yeah. but they're doing the charting their own path, it seems like, right now. Yeah, right now my oldest two are, are out, of, out of school and one went to Arizona State University and in Dallas um, looking at kind of data analysis and could be pre-med type stuff at some point in time and then the other was nice. an art man- major at Savannah College of Art and Design so they're yeah. they're figuring it out but again I I mean I said I never said never but never thought I would right. yeah come yeah. back and you know they're they would have three or four years, so yeah, well that's just, awesome. yeah kind of yeah. see how it goes sounds like you guys are a heavy OU family most of us are yeah, yeah. There's a couple in the family that went to Oklahoma State that they yeah. would yeah they they may take issue with that comment but, <laughs> um, but yeah so my uh, actually my uh, granddad uh, went to OU he never graduated my mm-hmm. grandmother did um, and then uh, my uh, yeah my dad his one brother and one sister went to OU um, his other brother went to NSU mm-hmm. and I went to OU he started there My all three of my kids are there yeah. most of my cousins have been there had a couple cousins go to Oklahoma State and and um, you know hey we have obviously have tickets at, 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 at OU mm-hmm. we also the bank also has uh, tickets at Oklahoma State sure. as well that we yeah. you know attend and give give the clients to sell so we, we support both schools yeah. So, yeah yeah, but definitely big time senior fans between the two of us so that lives a great family occasion for you guys yeah yeah, yeah. 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 
on the last year Oklahoma State, you know, got the better of us. So I'm an OSU fan, so I really, really? yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I've been to every game for the last few years, so I really didn't enjoy Norman a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, last year was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but generally, in the history of OSU, it's not good. Right. right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, Bedlam, I'm sure, is a blast. But finishing, uh, what you know, what what's one? It seems like you guys have a huge, you know, great culture here. But um, you know, from your kind of standpoint, what is you know something you guys work on every day to have you know mixing in the family and also you mentioned now the family's significantly outnumbered with the amount of employees that you have but you know what what kind of things do you do it seems like every day to just keep that you know the, that that team culture, that corporate culture, in, in moving in the right direction. Yeah, so I think it's one of our biggest strengths is, and 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 our, our dad always said, he goes, "Hey, you spend more time at work than you do with your family, so you want it to be a place that people in, in, enjoy coming." It's a pretty obvious statement, but I never thought of it that way. Um, and um, so we we do a few different things, and you jump in any time. But but you know, ones we have, we do actually do a corporate culture survey every year, which is kind of a scorecard that the team members give on management to make sure that that we're running the bank properly, and there's not any areas where people are unhappy or. or or any um, problems or issues bubbling up that we're not aware of. Number one, that we also do reverse evaluations where once a year, every manager is basically rated by the people that work for them. Um, and it's not a something we used to beat them over the head with. It's more of a coaching tool that, hey, you know, because that has the, the most effect on your happiness is your relationship with your boss at work. And so we always want to make sure those relationships are healthy. Um, and so I think our corporate culture survey and our reverse evaluations really give us insight into making sure we continue to have a, a good environment for, for people to work in. We have the Mayor Engagement Team. We try and do fun things at work. I showed up at work two days ago when there was a can of Play-Doh on my desk, you know, so I could, you know, you know, make some Play-Doh figures during the day if I got <laughs> bored, I guess, or whatever. And so um, those are some of the things that that, that we do because our, our culture is important to us. We want to continue to to retain and attract really, really good good people, and and I, and I think we do a really good job of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, it really is. I think the, the foundation back to when they started and been doing that. Um, forever through the strategic planning and reviewing that and definitely hard work and focus on that and then yeah. constant adjustment and then trying to get feedback and you know I mean all organizations I think struggle with communication um, you know even our low scores tend to be relatively high but we still will take those low scores and those can be focus areas for us a lot of time and I think as we continue to bring really good people in from the outside, um, that even has had a, a improved impact on yeah. you know new ideas, new thoughts, and, and trying to get fit in. And, and sometimes it can be a little difficult. I, I think you know it's I don't I think the culture is great, but it's it's probably not it's not for everybody. You know, no culture is probably, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it's a, really is just that like that's the main work and focus, and just really take it a day at a time, yeah. and then the results almost kind of take take care of themselves which mm-hmm. maybe sounds a little cliche but that's really a big part of it yeah yeah you focus on the little things and it all adds up but eventually yeah, right? right you kind of get everyone moving in the right direction but gentlemen thanks so much for giving me an hour of your time share some awesome family stories uh i love the love the the, the joke of the art family story that that's <laughs> the stuff like that people don't get to hear so I'm glad we got that in Um, but for people listening go to maybebank.com and check out the story and everything you guys do all the branches you guys have around the state and uh, see you for Scott thanks so much and we'll catch you guys next episode cheers thanks Mike yeah thanks Mike I appreciate it 
Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and finally our third sponsor for today the oklahoma 988 mental health lifeline 988 is the direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with the trained behavioral health professionals that can get all oklahomans the help that they need learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com It's 988oklahoma.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.